Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. give you something today uh, that was in my spirit and um, really just even uh, something my family we've been living through the last couple weeks um, as we God has blessed us with a, a new son um, and his name is Zion I uh, we are blessed about that and um, this little guy came six and a half weeks earlier than we were expecting him uh, but we uh, uh, we are blessed, and um, and he is uh, progressing every day. Folks been praying and asking, so I just figured I'd give a little update. But as I w- as we were living through this the last couple weeks, I was reminded of one of my favorite verses. It's Proverbs eighteen and twenty one. And how many have ever been asked how you doing? And it's like fine, ish. <laughs> And there's, I think there's a balance there. I think there's a balance there. I think there's people that we should be open with and say, pray for me. I'm weak. Uh, pray for me. Um, I'm struggling. But at the same time, we should recognize that this is what it says. The tongue has the power of life and death. And there's times to just say, yeah, but it's okay. It is well with my soul. Everything's not well, but my soul is well. Everything's not well in my life, but God is good. And my soul is well. And remember that our tongue has a great power that James said, and I didn't include it today, but James said our tongue is like the rudder of a ship. Even though it's small, it charts the course of that ship. How many know sometimes you can get up and say, oh, it's raining, it's going to be a bad day. And it ends up being a bad day. Your boss has something to say to you when you get to work. I-4's jammed, ends up being a bad day. Or we could get up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. I'm going to give God the praise. And it says here in Proverbs 18:21 that the tongue has the power of life and of death. Wow. And those who love it will eat its fruit. In context there, it gives an analogy of of, of fruit, bearing, bearing fruit. But understand that your tongue has the ability to bring things to life and to bring things to a demise. Here's what it said in Joshua 6.10, and this will be my text. Joshua commanded the people, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then, then you can shout. But the the tongue has the power of life and of death. So I want to just use that title there in Proverbs 18, 21 and say, speak life. Tell somebody, speak life. Speak life. You can be seated. God bless you. You know, we tell our kids, we tell our kids this thing that, um, if you can't say anything good, I heard a few people. 
Let me try it one more time. I think you all know it. If you can't say anything good, I think sometimes we, things we say as parents might not be rooted in biblical wisdom, but this one is. Sometimes the things we tell our kids, I don't know if it's entirely uh, out of frustration or wisdom or a combination of the two, but I think this one is rooted in biblical wisdom when sometimes our children uh, or teenagers or spouses, young people, nobody wanted to help me on that, it's okay, don't, whether you're young, old, middle, whatever it is, sometimes we have to remind ourselves, if you don't have anything good to say, just don't say anything at all. Sometimes it might, you might say that to somebody when they're complaining and say, look, I get it, it's hot outside, but if we complain, it don't bring the temperature down. Sometimes we're waiting in lines and my kids are saying, oh, this is so terrible, it's taking forever and ah, okay, I see the line, but complaining does not make the line go any quicker. And we'll see adults sometimes hollering at the cashier or their four or five people back. It's like, that doesn't make the line go any quicker. I'll help somebody. It doesn't make I-4 go any quicker. Honking, colorful language. It don't, it does, I've tried it all. It don't make none of it go faster. <laughs> but... Sometimes you've got to realize that if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. And Joshua had this plan from God, and he got seven priests. And he said, grab your trumpets, and get seven horns, and get the Ark of the Covenant. What we're going to do is we're going to march around the walls of Jericho. And he said, I don't want you to say anything, though. And they're thinking, Joshua, we got these trumpets. And they're looking at these infamous, formidable walls of Jericho. They were huge. They were massive. They were overwhelming. You have to remember that these people had been living in the desert for 40 years. A whole generation had died in the desert, but also a whole generation had been born in the desert. So anybody under the age of 40 had never seen a city, never seen a civilization, never seen a fortress like this. And really, even people under the age of 50 would have barely remembered Egypt anyways. And everybody else, it had still been 40 years since they had seen anything like this. The only thing they had been seeing was sunrises and sunsets in the desert. That was it. And now... They have this, still have this slavery mindset. They still have this wander nomad mindset. And they walk into a, a land that has it all together. Their economy's booming. Their, their military is strong. It, it's all being communicated to their enemies and outsiders by these walls so high, so massive, so big. The history tells us the walls were so thick that they would race chariots around the top of those walls side by side. 
And so they were high, they were thick, they were overwhelming. This city was so powerful, it was enclosed in this fortress, and these people were thinking, there's no way that we're going to be able to defeat Jericho. And it was just completely overwhelming to these people that had come out of slavery, were nomadic, and they're thinking the plan of God for us is to take that city. I just want to tell somebody today that oftentimes, and really all of us will come to a place in our life where what God is calling us to is far away from where we are right now. What God's plan is for us is overwhelming based on where we stand right now. Where God wants us to go, it seems too far from where we're at. And sometimes we want comfortable, we want plush pillows. But Jesus said, I don't have a pillow to hang my head on. He said, if you want to follow me, you got to take up your cross, not your pillow. But where I'm taking you is a promised land. Some, we just got to get out of the mindset that everything's going to be comfortable and easy, but where God wants to take you is victory. Where God wants to take you is a promise. Where God wants to take you is a blessing. And sometimes where what I want to do and what God wants to do, there's a great divide. What my flesh wants to do, what God's word says I should do, there's a great divide. And sometimes we might as well be looking up at these high walls saying, God, how am I going to get there? How am I going to pay that bill? How am I going to do what you've called me to do? But I've got to tell you, God has everything already figured out. If God called you to it, he'll bring you through it. If God brought you in it, God will bring you out of it because God does all things well. Somebody ought to get it in your spirit today. Before... The foundation of the world, the lamb was already slain. Sometimes we think that Adam and Eve messed up God's calculation by sinning. The lamb was already slain. It wasn't a plan B, it was plan A all the time. We've got to get it into our spirit. If God called me to it, he'll bring me through it. And so now comes this extraordinary instruction. Joshua says to the people... He, he actually said, I'm going to give you four lines that, that aren't all together, but they're all in that chapter. He says, you shall not shout. He says, you shall, later he, he emphasizes it again in case they didn't get it. You shall not make any uh, noise with your voice. He says again, if you didn't get it the first two times, neither shall any words proceed out of your mouth. I feel like, a, I feel like he's talking to my kids here sometimes. They're not in the first service. They're with their mama and their grandparents. And then he says, uh, no, he, then he says uh, make no noise until I tell you to shout. Joshua was aware of the tendency of the Israelites as well as us today. To, there's an inclination to talk ourselves out of something that God has already promised us. We have a tendency to talk ourselves out of the victory God wants to give us. And we can talk ourselves out of the miracle of the walls falling in our lives. And oftentimes when there's no evidence of victory, 
when that need is overwhelming, when there's a setback, when there's opposition to the thing that God promised us, even sometimes it's just a delay. It's just a line. It's just traffic. It's not, we're still going in the direction, but it's just, we're not getting there as fast as we wanted to or we thought God could, could or should. And, and, and at one point, God even tells them, he says, go and possess it. I already gave it to you. I thought about how Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. And sometimes we're just in a delay and God's saying, you haven't asked. Sometimes we're in a delay and God's saying, I already gave it to you. Go and possess it. That's why Proverbs said that the power of life and death, it's in your tongue. It's in your mouth. And God's people ought to understand He has given us a free will to take the walls or to run back in the desert. He's given us a tongue to bring to life the promise of God or to terminate the promise of God. It's in our tongue. It's in our hands. It's in our feet. It's in our prayers. It's in our praise. It's in our words. And I don't know about anybody else, but I want to come into this house and say what God said. He said, you can be blessed. Your house can be saved. You can be healed. You can have joy. You can have blessing. You can have manna in a desert. You can have blessing in a drought. I want to say what God said. God said, it's yours. Go and possess it. Joshua says, if you can't say that, don't say anything at all because we've got to learn to be quiet if we don't have anything to say, good to say. And Joshua's advice was, just zip it, then shout. Until you see the wall, until you're ready for the walls to fall, don't say anything at all. That would have been a better title. Until you're ready to see the walls fall, don't say anything at all. Man, just change that real quick there for me, Carlin. <laughs> just kidding. He doesn't have Photoshop on that. He can't. But here's where it came from. Joshua, he knew it in his spirit. God gave us this land. And, and, and he got that lesson 40 years ago when Moses, when he was still a uh, a captain in for Moses, he was the Bible called him a spy, really like a double agent. And and forty years ago, Moses went to twelve young men and said, "Fellas, I want you to go into that promised land, and I want you to spy it out. I want you to bring back a report." And I just mentioned that from that series we did a, a number of four or five years ago. But but I always like to say this, and I remember bringing this out then. I, I dare anybody to tell me from memory the 10 guys that brought out a bad report. The ones that came out and brought death to the plan of God by their tongue. Nobody remembers them. But a lot of people remember it was Joshua and Caleb that came back and said, we're well able to take it. I know a lot of folks named Joshua. I know a lot of folks named Caleb. You read those other 10 guys' names, ain't nobody naming their kids over though after those guys. Go look them up. I, you, you, I never even heard their names before. But I'll tell you, it's because your tongue has the power of life and death. And two of them came back and said, Moses, yeah, the giants are big, but we know God's greater. 
And 10 of them came and said, Moses, we're not well able. We might as well go back to Egypt and be slaves and die. At least we'll have pots of honey or whatever they said. And here's what it said in Numbers 14, that the 10 spies with a negative report, it said they murmured and said, we would to God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Not yet to verse 28, but I didn't give them all to you, Carlins. And then they said, in a few verses later, they said to one another, let us return to Egypt. And then it said the children of Israel lifted up their voice and complained. They brought death to the plan of God. They brought death to the promise of God because guess what? Their generation died in the wilderness. And over and over in that chapter, it said that God heard their murmuring. I love what we sang earlier, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. But, but God also heard, he'll hear when you say we're, we're redeemed, but he'll also hear when you say, eh, we wish we'd go back to Egypt. And here it is in verse 28, you can show that, Carlin's. This is what God says, as surely as I live, declares the Lord. He tells Joshua, he says, Joshua, or he tells Moses rather, Moses, tell them, as surely as I live, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. God heard them say, we'd rather die in the wilderness. Okay. If that's what you want, I gave you the promised land. Go and possess it. That's what I said. But if you say you'd rather die in the wilderness, because understand, God has given us a free will. He's given us hands. He's given us feet. He's given us a mouth. He's given us a tongue. And he's given us the power of life and death in our tongue. And God said, if you want to die in the wilderness... I'll let you die in the wilderness. And it said in that chapter that they murmured against God for 40 days. God gave them a year in the wilderness for every day that they talked defeat, every day that they talked against God's plan, every day that they talked against Moses, Joshua, and Caleb, they got a year in the wilderness. And so Joshua, having lived through that, notice God kept Joshua and Caleb alive to see that promised land. Because they had the good report. And because he saw God's people talk themselves out of the promise, he reckoned within himself that if I ever get that opportunity again, if I ever get on that doorstep again, never will I let our people talk ourselves out of what God wants to do. So Joshua says, don't utter a word. Not going to let this happen again. Listen to how specific he was. You don't let a word proceed out of your mouth. I believe Joshua was drawing on that experience of 40 years ago, understanding that they talked themselves out of the promise. And Joshua said, I'm not letting that happen again. I understand how people can get negative. I understand how people can look at the walls. I understand how people can look at the giants. I understand how we can do that, but I'm not going to let us make that mistake again. I just want to bring faith to the house today and say in your life, in your home, in your circumstance, in your business, in your need, in your sickness, there is a victory that God can bring if you will speak life over it. God is a faithful God. If you'll keep praying, he'll hear your cry. 
He'll hear your plea. He'll hear your prayer. Somebody ought to just keep believing, keep holding on, keep standing, keep saying God is able, God is good, He's well able, He's going to save my family, He's going to bring healing, He's going to bless my business, He's going to save my kids. Somebody ought to talk the promise of God over their life. There's a promise in progress. There's a victory on the way. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Somebody ought to run off discouragement, run off doubt, run off unbelief, and say, if God is for me, who can be against me? Somebody ought to praise God for the victory right there. Get it in your spirit. It matters what you say. First thing I want to say is, 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 and I know it took me a while to get to my first one, but it's going to be three quick ones. There's a promise in progress. Here's what, here's what I want to say. The victory was not in question. God said, it's yours. Go possess it. So there's no reason for me to talk myself out of it. But what happens is when the promise that's in progress doesn't make a straight line to me or, or it, doesn't, it doesn't come like I thought it would in a package I thought it would or the way I thought it would or when I thought it would. You guys ever, I, I left my Bible in the front row. You guys ever seen those maps in the back of your Bible? And the map is like this. You know what I'm talking about? like figure eight, squiggly lines. There you go. There you go. Looks like the stock market, you know. It's like do, 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 up and down, all around. And that's how our journey is. <laughs> Paul said all that happened in the Old Testament was an example for us. And so if we think everything ought to be a straight line, just how we thought it or planned it, we got to recognize God's plan is higher than our plan. And sometimes our journey is going to be like this, but God has ordered my steps. And so whether I'm going this way, I'm going that way, or I'm up or down, I got to say, the steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And so, Lord, if I'm here, I'm meant to be here. And if you're leading me there, I'm meant to be there. And I'm going to praise you in the valley. I'm going to praise you in the mountain. I'm going to praise you in the storm. I'm going to praise you in the sun. Because my promise is in progress. And today, I'm closer than I was. Weeping might endure for a night. But guess what? Joy comes in in the morning. It might be raining right now. But guess what? Every cloud runs out of rain. And so... Here's what, uh, here's what I love in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. It says, For the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So when, and I always, I, I always say this, but I just want to stop right here and say, amen is powerful. Amen is powerful. I'm going to just say it one more time. Amen is powerful. When I was growing up in church, it was like it was almost like it was almost like the preacher had to stop and get catch a, catch a breath because the whole church was going to say amen. And, and and you're not saying amen for the preacher. I, I want to just tell you that you're not saying amen for the preacher. You're not even saying amen for for Jesus. You're not saying amen for it. You're saying amen for yourself. 
And so when the promises of God, it, it means so be it. It means uh, yes. It's a I receive it. I, I, I had a whole message when we did the Lord's Prayer on amen. Because amen is so powerful. It, it, it's, it's a universal word, by the way. You could go to a language, uh, to a, a country where they're speaking Spanish. You won't under, maybe you don't understand anything that they pray. But when they say amen, they're going to say amen in, in Spanish. It's amen. You can go, there's Portuguese, and guess what? It's amen. You go to China, it's amen. You go to Russia, it's amen. You go anywhere, it's still amen. There's a universal power when we say amen because the promises of God are a yes, but we got to say amen. Are you still with me? Go and possess it. The promise is a yes, it's a green light, but my spirit's got to say amen to it. So when somebody, not me, just somebody gets up here and says, your family can be saved, don't look at the preacher with a blank stare. Say amen. When when the preacher gets up and says, "You, you can be blessed, don't look at him and say, I heard that before. Say amen. When the the preacher says you can be healed, don't say, I heard that before. Say amen. So be it. Because guess what? The size of the walls did not matter. God already said it. The size of the giant does not matter. God already said it. The sickness does not matter. He already took stripes. The sin does not matter. Grace does much more abound. The only thing in question is will you say amen? The only thing in question is will you receive it by faith? Will you say yes? Will you say so be it? Will you march? Will you believe? Will you go? Will you trust? Will you lift your hands? Will you shout for the victory? God already said yes. We just got to say amen. Amen. So I, 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 I just want to say to somebody today, salvation is here. Revival is here. Healing is here. Blessing is here. God is outpouring his spirit today. You could say there's trouble, there's problems, I know. You could say the judgment of God is, yes, someday. You could say there's trouble and sin and wickedness all around us. There's tragedy and hurt and pain and heartbreak. I know. I see the walls too. I see the giant too. But I just happen to believe God is bigger than the giant. God is bigger than the wall. God is bigger than the trouble. God is bigger than the trial. So I choose to open my mouth and declare the goodness of God and say, if God is for me, who can be against me? That's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to talk about how big the walls are. I'm going to talk about how big God is. The second thing I want to say is, is found in Psalm 46 and 10. It says, be still and know. That I'm God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Someday every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord of all. 
Things on the earth and things above the earth, things under the earth. Every creature, every knee shall bow. Someday, I'll be exalted among the nations. Someday, Jesus will return and every knee shall bow. But be still and know that I am God. That's the second thing I want to tell you. Just be still. If I could give the 2022 version, be chill and know. Relax, settle down, bring your heart rate down, bring the fear down a notch, bring the worry down a notch. Be chill and know. I need to look up the message and see if it. Be still and know that I am God. Joshua knew it 40 years ago. And he said, I'm on that doorstep again. And we're going to march around and I know that God is for us. Who can be against us? He knew the only thing that could stop them was their own faithless voices. So that's why his instruction was, zip your lips. I don't care what you feel. Don't talk up from your feelings. Your heart is deceitfully wicked. Don't talk about what you feel. Don't talk about what you see. Talk about what God said. And if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all until you're ready for the walls to fall. Don't say anything at all. And Joshua knew their patience would be tried as they marched around and that some would disagree, some would complain, some would be antagonists. So he said, we're just all going to keep our mouth shut until the walls are ready to fall. I just tell you, sometimes in some situations, in some arguments, in some circumstances, the best thing you can do is don't say anything at all. The smartest thing you can do sometimes is to just be quiet and let God fight your battle. Just be quiet and let God bring everything around to good. And just be still and know that God is on the throne. And be still and know that He is still God. I know that there's people here today that are feeling the pressure. That are blinded by opposition. That have walls and giants. But I want to bring a reminder to the church today. From His Word. I shouldn't have left my Bible on the front row. From His Word that is holy, that is eternal, that is the Word of God that's forever settled, that's been proven true from generation to generation. Be still and know that He is God. He's a faithful God. And even if you're going through today, know that He's still on the throne. Even if everything's not good, know that He's a good Father, a faithful God, a soon returning King, a friend that will never leave you or forsake you and be closer than a brother. Somebody ought to speak those things in their life because it matters how you talk. It matters how you walk. It matters what you believe. Somebody ought to shake off doubt today and say, God is still on the throne. I know that someday every knee's going to bow, every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so whether I see the victory or not, I'm going to speak it in faith. Whether I see the walls crumbling or not, I'm going to say it in faith. Because God is already at work. Last thing I want to say today is that your prayers are actually a prophecy that set 
what God already, I got to be careful how I say this, because I don't just pray, I'm going to pray for a Ferrari, but it might not be in God's will. I saw Vic back there. Someday, Vic. It's going to be on streets of gold, not streets of asphalt out here. But someday, Vic, we're going to be. But, but so I'm not just praying. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not just praying anything off the wall. But when God said it and my prayer partners with it, it's a prophecy that sets what God already wants to do in motion in my life. It said it's your father's good pleasure to bless you. It said, Jesus said, uh, even an earthly father isn't given a son that asks for a fish, a snake. He said, how much better is your heavenly father? So if it's his good pleasure, he already wants to bless you. Why don't you pray for the blessing? If he took stripes for your healing, why don't you pray for the healing? If he said where sin does abound, grace does much more for me, why don't you pray for salvation for your family, for this house, for this city, for this community? It's God's will. I heard Conrad give me an amen again. It said that he is not willing that any should perish. It's already in his will. You ought to pray for your family, pray for your spouse, pray for your children, pray for the generation, pray for your community. It's already something God wants to do. So my prayer sets into motion something God already wants to do. That's why Jesus said, as it is in heaven, let it be done on earth. As it's already willed in heaven, let it be done on earth. So, so when you pray that, you are setting that into motion. This is how we should pray. Lord, I'm going through this. There's walls. There's an enemy. I'm facing that. But I thank you because you're faithful. I thank you because you've never left me. I thank you because you fight my battles. I thank you because you're a provider. I thank you because you're a miracle worker. I thank you because even in the presence of my enemy, you've set before me a table of provision. No matter what's going around on around me, I'm provided for, I'm protected, I'm shielded. And so it doesn't matter who's against me if God is for me. And it's amazing how when you begin to pray, what you're saying begins to happen in your life. Malachi 2 and 17, God said, I'm weary with your words. They're saying, where's the God of justice? They're saying, where's God in all of this? They're saying, um, people who are doing evil, uh, God must be pleased with them because it looks like everything's going great for them. And, And the first line there is, You've wearied the Lord with your words. We have to stop talking about what is against us and start speaking about who is for us. Go ahead and let praises come out of your mouth. Yes, but God is good. Yes, but God's a healer. Yes, but God is for me. Yes, but God is in control. Yes, but God is still on the throne. Here's what it said. I'm going to give you a few of them before I close. Psalm 91. I will say of the Lord, 
I, yeah, I will say, power in your tongue, power in your voice. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Somebody ought to say that today. In the midst of your trouble, I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. Psalm 37. Remember, my journey might be all like this. But the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. I should have put the new King James. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Psalm 30. Somebody ought to get that. If you feel lost, if you feel your journey is mixed up, left and right, and east and west. Remember, I'm, I'm, I'm walking with him. And, and Psalm 37. David said, I've been young. And now I'm old. Let that spring up in you. I, this isn't my first rodeo. This isn't my first storm. This isn't my first challenge. This isn't my first giant. I was young, now I'm old. I've seen a lot of seasons, a lot of droughts, a lot of famines, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And I've never seen their children begging for bread. Psalm 138.8, the Lord will vindicate me. Speak it. The Lord will bring me out. The Lord will prove. His, your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. Jeremiah 29.11, for the Lord knows the plans that he has for you. Somebody ought to speak that over your life. God has a plan for me. It's a plan to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope, Matt, and a future. Philippians 1 and 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he that begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to just open their mouth today and speak those verses over your life. And just remember, he's my, he's my salvation, he's my strength, he's my strong tower, he's fighting my battle, he's my healer, he's my savior, he will vindicate me, he will provide for me. Music come, I think it'll help me close quicker. It does, it really does. You know, I thought about 2 Kings chapter 4. The Bible said there was a woman whose son died. The child had been prophesied by the prophet's word, notice it now, a word of faith. He spoke it over her life. The prophet told this mother, you will have a child. And as it were, she and her husband, they had this child. Years later, the child is very sick unto death. She takes off to, in a chariot to try to find the prophet. When she gets to the prophet, the, the prophet sees her from the field, saw the dust rising from that chariot, and he sends, he sends his servant out to meet the woman. And, and the servant says to her, he, he says, is it well? And the first question that he asks of the mother, he says, is it well with your husband? She replies, it is well. And then he says, okay, is it well with you? 
And she says, it is well. And then he says, is it well with your child? And that is where we would have had a breakdown of faith. I'll put myself in that category. That's where I would have had a breakdown of faith. And I would have said, no, sir, things are not going well. It's terrible. He's sick unto death. But notice, she says, it is well. She makes her way to the prophet, and she's still believing for that miracle that God had given her. She says, I've, I've got to get to the prophet. Now, you might stop and say, it sounds like she's not telling the truth. Why didn't she just say, it's not well, he's sick, he's, he's dying, this isn't good. But what she was, what I believe as I look at that, and the only answer I've ever come to is she didn't want to tell the servant the bad report. She wanted to get to the prophet. She wanted to get to the man of God. She wanted to take that need to God. Sometimes we take our needs to other people before we take it to God. Don't get me wrong. I'll share a prayer request with you. But I want to first go to the Lord and just say, Lord, you do all things well. Because sometimes I can take it to people that their faith isn't where my faith is. I can take it to somebody whose faith isn't where it might need to be. But if I take it to the Lord, if I take it to the, the, that man of God and take it to God, and, and the prophet takes that boy and he lifts him up. And remember, there's a history there. Because that prophet had spoke over her womb and spoke over her life. And so she brings that son. And I just tell you, I don't think she had to say anything. I, I think she just brought him with tears in her eyes and said, here's the promise. Here's the miracle. I don't know what's going on, but let's just touch it in faith right now and believe. And I'm just going to say it's well, even when it's not well. I'm just going to say it's going to be okay, even when it's not okay right now. I'm just going to say in the middle of the night that joy is going to come in the morning. I'm just going to say right now, I don't know how the walls will fall, but I believe walls will fall. I don't know how the giant's going to fall, but I believe the giant's going to fall. It's not all right right now, but I believe it's going to be all right. And the prophet took that boy, and what she said is well became well. I thought about how Jairus had a daughter and went and got Jesus because this girl was sick. And everybody in the house was telling them that she was dead. And they say, it's too late. Why'd you bring Jesus? It's over. Don't do this. It's over. And the first thing Jesus does as he comes into the house is everybody's weeping, everybody's crying, everybody's playing. They were even playing sad music. And Jesus says, stop the music. Everybody that's not praying with faith, get out of the house. Naysayers, I want out. Mourners, I want out. I, I want them out of this house. Because in order for there to be a miracle right now, Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, 
the Messiah, the word that became flesh, realized I could speak healing over her, but there's power of life and death in their tongue. And if they're in this house, terminating the miracle, I can't have that. Get out. And sometimes there's people in your life you got to put out. I love you, but get out. I love you, but I need a prayer meeting without you. And Jesus speaks over and says, she's not dead, she's just asleep. What I'm saying to somebody today is it matters how you talk. It matters what you believe. It matters how you walk. Stand with me, I'm going to close. I thought about how in Matthew 16, Jesus began to tell the disciples, he said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem and it's going to be the end for me. I'm going to give up my life. And and through different times and days, he revealed increasingly more. He said that he would be just like Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days. Somehow they missed that. But but Simon Peter stands up in, in Matthew chapter 16 and you got to love the boldness of Peter, even though he was in serious error. He actually rebukes Jesus and says, you speak not the things of God. You ever read that? He actually gets in Jesus' face and says, you're not speaking the things of God. Don't say you're going to go to a cross. Don't say you're going to go to the grave. Don't say you're going to die. And Jesus, listen to what Jesus says. He looks at Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Satan, I thought it was Peter. No, get thee behind me, Satan. Because you're not speaking the things of God. You're speaking the things of hell. And you're trying to talk me out of a victory that is coming for all mankind. Because I'm about to defeat death and hell on the cross. I'm about to defeat Satan. I'm about to defeat sin. I'm about to purchase my church with my blood and have the keys to death and hell. And I'm not going to let you talk me out of this victory. So today, I want you to chase voices off. I want you to chase voices off. I don't know what voice it is, but chase it out. Chase it off. There's all kind of people in this world right now talking about the church is weak, post-COVID, viruses, economy, politics, world's in trouble. I'm tired of all that. I see the walls. I see the trouble. I know the world is dark. I know that. But Jesus is the light. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our salvation. So I'm tired of talking about the walls. I want to talk about the promise. I want to chase that off today. I want to chase that out today. I want faith to rise. I wonder how many just join me in the altar today and just lift up hope and lift up faith and lift up their voice all across this house today. I don't know what it is for you, but somebody ought to just say, giants fall, walls fall. Jesus, I need you. I'm going to pray over you right now as you come. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now that faith would rise in this house. I just pray faith would rise in this house right now. 
and just believe, Lord Jesus, that you are in control and know that you are God. I believe it right now in Jesus' name. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.